listening to the Marathon Church Podcast. We exist to build communities that love Jesus, love people, and live on purpose. To learn more about Marathon Church, visit MarathonChurch.org. We hope that this encourages you and builds your faith. Enjoy this week's message. Good morning, everyone. Well, we are doing it's just a phase, and that video right there that's, that we just saw, that's actually happening right now in my house. Because my daughter, uh, she told me on Thursday, that's my, that's my last day of school, Dad. I'm graduating. And I remember going to take her the first day of school. And now we're at the end of that. And then the other day she said, why are you so happy I'm going to college? And I was trying to answer that. I said, well, you know, I'm real excited for you. Well, you don't have to be that excited. And I said, well, I'm just really real excited that you're going to college. I mean, you're not going to be gone like ever. You'll be coming back and stay with us, that kind of thing. But uh, so I got to work on, I got to work on a little sadness. Somebody's going to have to help me work this up, uh, get sad, that kind of thing. But uh, it's happening in my house. So I'm trying to figure out how to deal with this phase. I'm, th- I'm pretty sure that the men maybe deal with it a little different than the women do. Maybe y'all cry a little more. And we play golf, so I don't, we have a celebration. It's all good. I'm sure I'll be sad. I'm working on it. But anyway, so uh, by the way, I got, uh, I, had to, I had spoken two weeks. And so my clothes look really, really baggy. And I've been working out and losing weight. And I didn't realize until I got here that I'm going to have to get new clothes. So this is kind of what's happening right now. If you feel like I'm like, you know, homeless right now, I'm okay. I'm good. But this is kind of what's happening. So uh, I want to give a shout out. This is interesting. I got people watching online. And also my wife, Lynn and Christy, her friend, are in Kentucky right now, near the Kentucky Derby. Uh, so they're up there having fun. And I am working. Just sorry, I throw that out there. So this is what is happening. So we've been doing this. Uh, it's just a phase. Don't miss it. And I'm in that kind of thought. I think there's different phases we deal with in our life, and I don't know where you are. Uh, here's what I'm afraid has happened to a lot of people. They've kind of phased out of life <laughs> instead of phasing in. Now, there's a million things could have happened. We'll talk about that. But I, here, here's the thing that God uses over and over in the Bible. Uh, it's the long shot. It's the people you think God would never use that he uses. And so I don't know how we mix, you know, mess this up when it comes to religion, especially where we are and where we live in the Bible Belt and that kind of thing. So it's really strange that we talk about the people that God can change their life, but we seem to think they can't. In our own mind, we have these things. I call it we count, and we'll talk about that. So it's a little strange to be where we are, saying that Jesus can do anything. You can do all things through Christ, and yet we don't know. We don't really give people a chance to do that. And a lot of religion comes into that. But when it came to God's stuff, he was always taking the long shot. And we're going to talk about that as we get in here. Let's look at the definition. Uh, it's a venture or a guess. That's kind of what it means. That has only the slightest chance of succeeding or being accurate. It's a long shot, but well worth trying. So here's what I think happens to a lot of people. I think you feel like you're the long shot or some kind of maybe the black sheep of the family. Is that what they call it? And so I think it's one of those long shots for you, and you think, maybe I'm, I'm really done. Maybe God can't use me. Maybe I can't have this wonderful life because of what happened to me or what I did, that kind of thing. 
So let's talk about the long shot that just happened last weekend. You don't even have to be a horse fan or a race fan to enjoy what happened last weekend. So let me help you. Let me bring you up to speed on what happened. So here we are. This is the horse right here. It's called Rich Strike. So let's, let's understand how the impossibility of this. It should have not happened. Shouldn't have been there. It, it should not have happened. And it hasn't happened since 1913. Do you remember? 1913. The horse that has the greatest odds of, you know, it was 91 to 1 in 1913. They call it the long shot. 91 to 1 odds, and the horse won. Now, what happened last weekend, this horse here, <laughs> Rich Strike, this was 80 to 1. 80 to 1, what was happening. The big boys are out front. The million-dollar horses are running, and everybody's thinking, okay, yeah, we picked this. These are the people that are supposed to win. But they forgot to tell that horse. You understand? They forgot to tell him. Because this guy, listen to this, this horse was just bought like a week or two ago for $30,000. Now, he won $1.8 million. Pretty good return. Just throw it out there. Pretty good return. So this horse, the owner, this is so crazy, the owner found out about it. He had 30 seconds left before he could enter this horse, and he put the horse in the race. There's only 20 horses. So one of the horses dropped out. The number 20 dropped out, so they didn't have that number anymore, so they gave him a 21. So he's so far outside this race, nobody's talking. Nobody's even talking about it. I was watching this race because for some reason, I don't know how y'all do this, the Daytona 500 and the Kentucky Derby, I watch them, and that's about it. Then after that, I just play golf. So, and so here he is coming in, got the jockey on the rich strike, 80 to 1. Now, there's a lot of people who made a lot of money on this, okay? And there's a lot of people who lost a lot of money because <laughs> you, you, bet, you bet on the wrong one. And here's what, you got to be careful when you look at people like that. Oh, they really are a long shot. Well, you might ought to put some money on that one because that's what God did. That's a really strange thing, how we think and how we say things, but yet in our mind, we believe, well, they really are a long shot. I'll tell you something. At the end of this, I'm going to tell you who's the longest long shot in the room. I'm going to tell you that. I want you to pay attention as we get into this. So here we go. We have the jockey, the trainer, and the owner. The owner lost 23 or 26 horses, whatever. I don't know. But what had happened, lightning hit the barn. He lost all his horses. He didn't think he was going to be in it anymore. His friend stuck with him. He buys this horse, Rich Strike, in a race or two before, the horse had to have enough points to get in the race, had just enough points to get in the race, and the guy said, he said, why are you putting him in? He said, because I always wanted to be in the Kentucky Derby, just to be in it. Just want to get in. Not thinking that there was a chance that he was going to win anything or even place. That's like putting me in the Masters. Okay, just put me in there. At least I know I'll get to play two days. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to make the cut, but I got to be there. Now, here would be really cool. You put me in, and I win the Masters. It's more like, it's more like a, a miracle than a long shot. 
You see what I'm saying? It's, like, it's more like one of those raising the dead people kind of miracles if I win the Masters. So here we are. He lost everything. He puts the horse in the race. And the horse comes. I was watching this. I was like, they kept talking about the front out too. And they look at those two. Look at another going. And I'm like, somebody's moving in the back. Somebody forgot to tell the horse. <laughs> nobody talked about the horse. There was like nobody knew anything about the horse. It's 80 to 1. Here's what basically they said. Just stay out of everybody's way. All right. Just stay out of everybody's way. And so, and so, again, they forgot to tell him that he wasn't supposed to win. So we have these long shots. Now, listen, if you move this to people, I think this is, this is where you got to see how God really thinks when it comes to people. The people you think are, should not be used or cannot do anything in life or then God uses somebody, it's crazy stuff. It really is. And you think that's, you know, that's the long shot, but you would have never bet on them. You really never thought they would amount to anything. It's kind of like if you're really messed up, God really wants to use you. And he seems to use the people messed up the most, the most, which is the strangest thing because he thinks a little different. So we have this long, these long shots. So let's, let's understand a, a concept for you so I can help you. Because if I can't get you to understand this, then you're going to be, you might be in this thing called a phase where you phased out. Something happened, something took place, something went wrong, you did something. We've all screwed up. I mean, come on, nobody's done anything right all the time. Come on. Something happened or somebody did something to you. So in that moment and in that phase of life, you're still there. It could be in the, in the 90s or the 2000s or just 10 years ago. I don't know. But somewhere in there, something happened and you kind of phased out instead of phasing in. So here's, here's how the gospel works. This is how God sees it. Let me help you. The gospel isn't about our past, but our present. Every time. Jesus dealt with somebody. He dealt with where they are right then. He said, well, before, you, before I talk to you, can you tell me everything you've ever done in your life and how many churches you've attended and all those things? He never, ever went there. He was all about where you are right now and where you're going to go. He never asked about the past. He always offered, he offered eternal life before he even talked about anything else. He always offered forgiveness before anything else was spoken. It's a really crazy thing how this long shot... And so we know that the gospel is the good news, and we're talking about the gospel for all that are listening, so you'll know what I'm talking about. The gospel, I'm talking about Jesus Christ coming to this earth, dying for us. His blood covers our sins, raised from the dead on the third day, so that you as a long shot will have a shot. I don't want to say that again. Has everybody got that? So you have a shot, and this is what he's telling us. So this is so, so let's go back to where you are right now in this phase. Some of you have phased out, and I need you to phase back into life. So somehow you phased out. Something went wrong. Something didn't go right. Somebody treated you wrong. You did something you shouldn't do, and you have this thing on you, according to you, that you're out. And that's not God at all. That's either you or people. People like to keep score. You notice that. They like to keep score, but I'm going to show you something. God doesn't like to keep score. Matter of fact, he doesn't keep score at all. Matter of fact, he doesn't even think like you think. Because you always thought, we like to measure people by their mistakes, 
by their sins, you want to say. We like to measure people like, let's keep up with them. I'm not as bad as them. I'm just bad, but not as bad as them. I've done more, they've done more things than me. How could they ever amount to anything? There are people you will stay away from because you have measured them. You have counted. Don't hang out with this. Don't look at that. Don't go over here. They're this bad. I can't believe that. Other day, I was talking to uh, Reggie, one of our pastors in Greenville. He was helping a guy who needed food, and he was homeless. Listen to this. So he buys him some food, and he invites him to church, and the guy says, well, I have to get a haircut first. Did we do that? Is that what, is this what church, is that how we, is that how we measure that we've got people in their brain that I got to clean myself up before God accepts me? Is that what we've done? Well, sure we did that. We've always done that. And here's what he's, this is how he looks at it. He said that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. That's the gospel. I'm going to die for you. I'm going to bring, I want, I want you to phase in now. He says, I've been phased out and now I want you to phase in with me. So I'm going to send my son. We're going to do this thing. So we're phasing in, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation, not counting people's sins against them, not counting people's sins against them, but we count, don't we? We count. You were uh, a recovering drug addict, you were an alcoholic, or used to be, you did this, we count, we count. So they have a hard time finding God because we keep counting. We do, but he doesn't count. See, some of you have been counted on and counted against so long, you just phased out. I hear it so many times. Well, I can't come to church until I get this right, until I get that right. I just need the biggest mess and just come on. With the biggest mess, the most grace, the most stuff that I've ever seen God do was the most messed up people. And it's not because he won't use you. It's because you don't believe you can be. Because you're phased out. We're the one that does all the counting. We love to count in America. We count everything. We can't do anything that's not a game with a score. But when you do that with people, it gets, it gets a little rough. So you have to think for a moment. And we have some long shots we're going to talk about. I have the, I have the, everybody has a pick in the Bible. Everybody, if you go through the scripture and look around, everybody's pretty messed up or nobody would have picked them. So there's a lot of long shots in there. And I have what I think the longest shot in the whole thing, which is an amazing story. So let's do this. If life uh, is just a phase, are you phasing in or are you phasing out? COVID, everybody kind of phased away. You know, we got... Uh, people phased out of church. They still haven't come back yet. Do you notice that just happens across America? Everybody's phased out. We got new things we're doing, watching online. Watch it on demand. Watch it when we want to. In pajamas. I get all that. And so it's, a, it's almost a phase out away from people. The second thing that's happened to people have phased away from volunteering, not just in church, but all over. It's just amazing. So we kind of phased out of some stuff that was really good for us. And so we just decided to do something else. So I just need you to think kind of where you are. Are you phased in or are you phased out? And is it because of what has happened? We can blame, y'all want to keep blaming COVID for everything and we'll change, we'll do something else. I just think it's time to get back to life and, talk, and get back to loving people and enjoying life, having fun. Go, go to the lake, for heaven's sake, do something. Don't look at the TV all the time. I'm just telling you 
we've got to phase back in. And some of you as people have been phased out because somebody told you that you, you were no good and you can't do anything. And I'm telling you, you're in the right spot. So let's look at some of the, I'd say, the long shots. Because some of these are pretty cool. And then I'll tell you what I think about what has happened. I'm not going to give you the whole story. I'll just give you some stuff, how this is working and how God sees things. So we have the prodigal son. If you don't know the story, dad gave all of the, his, his money, his inheritance this, to an 18-year-old. Let me go ahead and just open that up right now. That's not a really good thing to do. Okay, so don't give away your money to an 18-year-old. You won't ever see it again. So this is what happened. So the 18-year-old decides to go take off, and he decided, I'm going to do what I want to do. So he went and spent all the money. He did everything he wanted to do, whether it be drugs, alcohol, women, whatever it was, he did everything he wanted to do. Found himself living with pigs. Found himself living with pigs. He said, I'm going to go home. It's not good. So he goes home. He comes back to dad and said, Dad, I'm not worthy of what? every. I just want to be a servant in your household. He said, no way. You are my son. Put a robe on him. He didn't ask him what he did and where he'd been. What'd you do with the money? Not even what he wanted to know. The long shot came home and he said, nope, you're my son. And that's how we're going to do it. So this is some things I need you to understand. When God starts dealing with the woman at the well, for instance, the woman at the well, if you don't know this, this Samaritan woman, when she was out there at the well by herself, Jesus comes up to talk to her, and he begins to tell her things and ask her things. He said, basically, would you like eternal life? And she says, what? He began to tell her about eternal life, the well that never runs dry, of course. He never asked her about what's going on until after he offered eternal life. And then she's there like, well, you, you don't even know me. I got five husbands. Or five somethings. See, we count it. You know, counting. So, how many how many divorces is it, and how many people do you have to sleep with and live with before God can't use you? You got a number. This is the strangest thing. And so, God, Jesus is there telling her these things. She said, "He said, he said, oh, by the way, I come to you. Listen to this, the long shot. I come to you." So that you could go tell everybody that I'm now here. The Son of God is here, and you're going to tell everybody first. That's what he did. That's why he came to her. You still counting? This is amazing, isn't it? Oh, let's go to this. The woman caught in adultery. How many men were they? Is that what you're thinking? How many men were they? How many adultery things happened with her before we got to this point? Is that what we think? This is not fair, is it? She shows up. They caught her in adultery. The idea is they're going to stone you. So they go to stone her. And then Jesus says, if you were without sin and you have done nothing wrong in your life, you go ahead and throw the rock. Well, that messed everybody up. Yeah. Everybody's like, oh, I know you know something. So he says to her, he said, uh, well, how many men have you been sleeping with? No. That's not what he asked. You know, how long has this been going on? That's not what he asked. He said, where, where are your accusers? And she says, I don't, I don't have any. He said, I don't, ha- I don't accuse you either. And then basically he said, now go change your life. Phase back in. Get back to it. 
Is this, you're still counting? This is amazing, isn't it? It's so hard not to count. How many sins are there before God can't use you? How many wrong things do you have to do or be done to you before you decide, I mean, God, I'm out? Because everywhere I go in the Scripture, we are never out of this. We are never out. It's amazing stuff. And then you have this. This is the most unfair of all, if you want to know the truth. The thief on the cross, he was never good. (laughs) Listen, guys, he did nothing good. He was one of those good-for-nothings. Did you know this? He's hanging on the cross for a reason. I don't know if he murdered somebody. He was a thief. I can't remember. Maybe he was a thief. I think that's what they talked about. Whatever it is, you're going to die. And she talking about a long shot. I'm hanging on the cross, right? Or he's hanging on the cross, looks over at Jesus and says, I know who you are. He said, I know who you are. You're the son of God. He said, would you, would, you, uh, would you at least think about me when you get there in your kingdom? He said, no, I'm going to do something better than that. Today, you're going to be with me in paradise. He did nothing. He never went to church. He was not baptized. He had no suit. And he took him. You're talking about long shots. You see, I, I just want to make sure you understand that I hope you are a long shot in here. But I need you to phase in and not phase out. I need you to understand what can happen in your life. The greatest long shot of all, this is my opinion, the greatest long shot of all came from the Old Testament, and she's the only one that moved over into the New Testament. And I'll tell you this, her name is Rahab. Let's just go ahead and just throw it all out there. You want to? How many men does she sleep with? She's a prostitute, by the way. Does everybody know what a prostitute is? There's a two. Okay, everybody know exactly. That's good. I'm glad y'all understand. So here we are with a prostitute named Rahab in this city called Jericho. And in Jericho, let me tell you what's going to happen. Y'all going to love this part. God's taking over everything. And Joshua's leading the way, and Israelites are coming in. And so they're going to take over Jericho. And this is Jericho. The walls came tumbling down. That Jericho. So the spies go in. So where does God send the spies? To a prostitute's house. You want me to do that again? Because that just doesn't sound right, does it? Because I said, so God is looking for a prostitute's house to send these men in. Uh, Does everybody, how many, are you counting? This is the strangest thing how God works. So he sends them in there. And you know what? Listen, very carefully. We don't know her story. You don't know why she's doing what she's doing. I found out a little bit about it in the next verse I'm going to read to you. I found out a little bit about it. She actually cared for her family. So I'm trying to figure out if this is the only way we were making money or not. I don't know what's happening. I don't know this culture. I don't know what was happening. I just know it probably wasn't a good thing. And I'm not sure she exactly wanted to do this. But God sent these men to the prostitute's house. That, let, me, let me say this. If that was the end of the story, that would be the end of the story. But it is not the end. You would not believe what's about to happen because the long shots about something's about to happen for her. You would think this is a Disney movie I'm about to read to you or tell you. You would think. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign. She hangs out a scarlet rope out her window because her house is built into the walls of Jericho. And the Jericho, the walls come tumbling down. So... 
She puts out a scarlet robe so when everybody comes in to take over, not to hurt anybody in that room, make sure your family is here. And they took care of her. She was not a Jew. Did I mention that part? This is the strangest long shot ever. She's not a Jew. She's in this wall. She's put a rope out. They've come in. They've taken over. And she's a prostitute. You want, you want, the, you want the Disney ending? Y'all love this part? You ready? This is how God takes people that are so messed up and does great things with them. So here we are. Rahab, the prostitute, meets an Egyptian prince. Wow. Here we go. Meets an Egyptian prince. He knows she's a prostitute. He knows what she did for the children of Israel. He marries her. And they have a son named Boaz. Boaz, now think about this. It's one of those great love stories starting to happen. And so we have Boaz, and then they have a son. I think it was Obed who had Jesse. Listen very carefully. And Jesse, I think, had King David. Saul came from a prostitute that wasn't a Jew. And then David created the lineage of Jesus Christ, and you are in these seats because of that. There's your long shot right there. And by the way, she's mentioned in Matthew in the lineage of Jesus Christ and goes, bang, bang, this is what happened, this is what happened. Jesus. Rahab, Jesus. And she's a prostitute. Do we still count on that stuff? Do we still count? I wonder. We phasing in or phasing out right now? I'm going to listen, I'm going to tell you something on me. Let me do this. All right, let me get my breath. I hate it, don't like to talk about it, because what I'm going to say to you is you're going to judge me. Most of you might judge me. Some of you will leave marathons, some will quit watching on TV, online. You won't, um, this happened to me when I was 21 years old. It took place. Um, I got married when I was 21. Everybody told me not to do it, but when you're 21, you know everything. So I got married when I was 21 uh, to my first wife. Still counting? My wife had, first wife had, it was at least three affairs. There were more. So we tried to work it out. It didn't work out. Some things just don't, just don't work. She wasn't willing to give up what she was doing, so it didn't work. But here's where the long shot for me came in. Because my mother said, now this is 21 years old, a long time ago. We're in the Bible Belt, we're in a church. And my mother said to me, you will never, ever be able to work in a church because you will be divorced. So there, there it is. So I'd go work in churches for a little bit. And I, I never got paid in a church. They're not going to pay a divorce guy to work. So you can do anything you want in a church, but this, 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 and this. All my life, you could do this, this, and this, but you can't do this, this, and this. Now, let's be honest real quick. It wasn't my fault. Does it, but does it matter when you're counting whose fault it is? Does it really matter? So you start counting, go to church, and then, and then this thing happened where Marathon, this, 
this thing that we're doing right now called Marathon kind of happened. And I tried, I tried my best to fit in. I tried to, I, I did everything I could in the church community to get something. Will you help me? Will you do this? And everybody said, no, you need to go reach lost people and people don't know Jesus. Go do that. Do everything you want to do. We're, we, you know, we need you to do that. But we're not going to pray for you. We're not going to support you. And we're not going to ordain you. I tried to join the local association of churches. They would not have us. I called pastors in this area to have lunch with me. They would not call me back. So everywhere I went, I was being counted. And everything I did, I tried my best to be accepted. I never could get picked to be on the team, you know. Nobody's, oh, I take Eddie. Nobody's taking me. Nobody's taking Rich Strike, you know. They're not taking me. And the one day I got picked. You know who picked me? God picked me. He said, um, he said, you're just a mess I'm looking for. And so I want y'all to know, I hate talking about it and don't like to share it. I thought it might be that it's time that you, for all the new people to hear, that I do know how you feel. I know how it feels to be rejected. I know how it feels to go to uh, lunch at, on Sunday afternoon in blue jeans and everybody looks like you're a sinner. You know, they count. All this stuff they do. I know how you feel. And so I know when you come in this room and I know when you're sitting in those seats, I understand there's pain there. Some of this is uh, you've just phased out. I'm just trying to get through. I got it. I phased back in. And he, he changed everything in my life. I thought what I believed to be true on one side, he changed it all. And the scriptures came alive. Would y'all stand with me? We're going to pray just a moment, sing a song. All that stuff we do. But I'm going to tell you, um, here's kind of what happened to me. I will give you a new heart and I put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Because I had a heart of stone. You, you get hammered by the religious community and trying to reach people. You get hammered enough, you, have, you will lose your heart. So he gave me something. He actually... I actually care. Don't tell anybody. I actually care about y'all. I want you to know God. I want you to know Jesus Christ and know what he can do for you. You have, some of you have phased out. You need to phase back in. I know, listen, you've been messed up. We all, oh, we'll get in line. Get in line. I've never seen God use so many long shots in the, in the Bible. It seems like you just wasn't eligible unless you were, were a long shot. So remember what God can do. And I am the longest shot in the room today. So let's pray together. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for what you have given us. The grace, the love. Oh, there is no words to say thank you enough that you allowed me to be a pastor. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And these wonderful people that come every week I pray that we will love them 
and they will know they're loved and that we care about them. I pray we will care and we won't count. And we love you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you were encouraged by today's message and made a decision to follow Jesus, be sure to let us know by connecting with us online at marathonchurch.org. If you haven't already, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience more messages, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at marathonchurch.org or download the Marathon Church app. Thanks for listening to the Marathon Church Podcast.